0: Welcome to the Beyond High Performance podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. And
1: then I, I knew that I had to get out. I knew I couldn't hide and if I kept hiding, I would never end up where I was. So that's when we all get together, Novus Global, and it really I was in a I was in a kind of a gray area. Like where am I going? What am I doing? Where am I headed? And and we thanks to you guys, we kind
2: of cleared yeah. that up. This episode of Beyond High Performance is hosted by the team at Novus Global Sport. I, Johan Martinez Kalulian. Dan Leflar and Matt Hannaford interview Pat Chambers, head coach of Florida Gulf Coast University men's basketball. Despite feeling like he's been preparing for the next step in his basketball career his whole life, Pat found himself in unfamiliar and uncertain territory after resigning from head coach position at Penn State University. In our conversation, he dives into how he navigated those waters utilizing a coach of his own, ultimately beating uncertainty and finding his way back to coaching a division one program again. Dan, Matt, and I weigh being prepared versus being perfect and how failure is ultimately an opportunity for growth rather than an overall statement of character. Pat's story is a powerful reminder. If you put love and passion into pursuing your goals, they're never out of reach. My friends, enjoy the show. Are you looking to become a coach? Are you looking to grow
0: in your ability to coach others towards amazing results? Coaching is a booming industry and with certifications everywhere, it's hard to know where to start or who to trust to train you to make a real difference in the lives of others. That's where the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching comes in. This isn't just an online course that you buzz through so you can call yourself a coach. At the Meta Performance Institute, you get to learn from coaches with thriving coaching practices, phenomenal track records, and some of the most successful clients in the world. The content is tailored to you depending on where you are and your coaching abilities. We have courses for people people at every level, whether you're starting completely from scratch, or you already have a six-figure coaching practice, the Meta Performance Institute can help you get to the next level and serving others powerfully. To take our free assessment and see if the Meta Performance Institute is right for you, just go to www.mp.institute. That's www.mp
2: for metaperformance.institute. We'd love to work with you. So this is Philly legend. If for those that don't know,
3: who is Pat Chambers?
2: George? Pat Chambers, uh, former head coach of Boston as well as Penn State University, and currently, where where are you head coach of uh, Pat again? Feeling the world. C U baby. F G C U Nike School, and we're gonna work on getting me a pair of Nikes. Right, that's a whole other story. Uh, I've been working that. <laughs> that's
4: an angle. There's always yeah. an angle. Um, always but
2: hustling. but it's for me, it's a it's a pleasure. To have pat on yeah. uh pat and i did some some great work that we're going to talk a little bit about um here today um there was a little middle ground we'd say that that pat was in trying to figure out do i want to continue to pursue coaching um and here he is you kind of know the end of the story so i want to i want to get into that so let's kind of start from the beginning mm-hmm. um pat like what was it about basketball that made you say, "I want to be a part of this sport. Like I want, I want to devote a big portion of my life to this specific sport."
1: First of all, thanks for having me, guys. And it's been. Uh... An amazing and beautiful journey uh to get to this point. And, and I can't thank you guys enough. I'm incredibly grateful. Uh for, for me, I was the youngest of twelve, nine boys, three girls.
3: Holy cow. Wow. Wait
1: a sec. <laughs>
2: he just glosses you just glossed. Pause on that. Pause on that. Pause yeah. on that. <laughs> That's normal. That's a normal thing.
1: <laughs> so from a big family, it was uh you you better do something. <laughs> better do something to get out of the house. And uh no, my my brothers and my parents, my sisters, it was so much fun. We played all sports and I kind of migrated to basketball. I loved football. Don't get me wrong, I loved football. I loved basketball and uh it it was a joy, but my heart was with basketball. And I can and I'll tell you why, because of the executive coaching piece. I had, and I tie it in with the executive coaching. I had great coaches. Mm. So when I was a youngster in grade school or elementary school, I had a phenomenal coach who gave me, he planted the seed, the love of basketball. And my brothers gave me the competitive competitiveness, the fire. But this this man, Tom Rare, was just phenomenal in grade school. And then it just led to high school where I had another phenomenal coach in Dan Dockerty, who was the who was the trivia question. Who was the head coach between Bob Knight and Coach K at West Point? It's Dan Dockerty, Dan
2: Dockery, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're cheating. Yeah, yes. Yeah. let
1: cheating. No, you're on it, man. Yeah, I was you're right on top of that one. one. Yeah, of course. Right on yeah, top of that of one. <laughs> and then I go to college as a player, and I play for a Hall of Fame coach. He's in Springfield, Mass. Uh, and Herb McGee, and and then you know it, it, if the if the sparks weren't inflamed enough, it's it, it's absolutely an inferno inside me for the game. Then I get to coach with Jay Wright, so. You know, I, I go with my teacher, my family, my teachers. And then, then you know, as we progress, you just love being a part of a team. You love being a part of the locker room, the plane rides, the bus rides. That, to me, was everything. That shaped you as a team, and it shaped all of us as men. And I can tell you this right now. My best friends in the world are from the teams that I played on. Hmm. And it's no coincidence. You know, I'd like to say I'm somewhat successful they're all successful too. You know, that old cliche, like, you know, how successful you want to be? Well, look at your friends. Well, guess what? Family, coaching, my teammates, the game has been so good to me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so grateful. So that's how I fell in love with the game of basketball.
2: Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the theme that we want to jump into is this idea of preparation, right? Like, you know, we, we cannot always prepare for what the game throws at us or, or for what life throws at us, but we can prepare for who we're going to be. And, and that's what we really want to start to talk about. So you you were preparing for a significant chunk of your life to be a head coach. Like what was instrumental in that preparation process?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was a I was a sponge. You know, again, I was blessed to have older brothers to look up to and these great coaches. And my mother used to say to me all the time, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Um, mm-hmm. So I was always searching for, you know, that routine of greatness or, you know, being ahead of I, I'm going to get myself ready. Um, kind of like we did these past nine or ten months, mm-hmm. prepare for the next So when I was younger, I didn't start right away on the basketball team, but I prepared to start. And that's lifting and conditioning and staying in shape. And Joe, as you know, we're getting shots up. We're getting shots up. And then as you start your coaching career, I kept a binder. I was preparing to be a head coach. And, you know, you have scouts. I kept a binder of all my scouts, of all the sets that these teams run and these coaches would run. And I was preparing for the day to be a head coach. And I felt like that preparation really catapulted me quickly to, to being a coach in the Big Ten. Was I ready for it? I don't know. But I was prepared for it. And, and I think because of, again, family, Coaches, players, people I've been around. Yeah, my preparation set me up to be in this profession. And again, we, we got to go back to mom. And, and mom, mom set us up with some great words of wisdom to make sure that we were always prepared and we were always ready. Don't get ready. Be ready.
2: Stay ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. So you you know you spend so much you spend so much time preparing for a position, preparing for a certain opportunity, preparing for a role, and then um, that, that position is taken from you, right? So you have so much joy for the game, so much joy in being a head coach, and then before you know it, that's gone, and you can share a little bit about what happened there, and how did you deal with, wow, this thing that I've prepared for for so long is now, it's gone.
1: I'm going to share something. I think Joe, you might know this, but the rest of the group may not. Um, First of all, you you always think that you're ready, right? Especially when you're a leader Mm. and and you're in that role as head coach, you're always preparing for if this ever happens and you and your wife are always preparing. If this goes this way, you know, in the beginning at Penn state, I didn't have ton, ton of success, So you're always kind of on your toes a little bit, just going, "Mm, let's have a nest egg. Let's be ready. This is what we're going to do if this does happen. So when I was – I'll tell you a quick story. When I was 31, I got stabbed and in the neck, and you can't see it on the FaceTime, but I had a scar from the back of my ear all the way to my aorta, just about a centimeter short of my aorta. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I thought physically, like, wow, this is why God, why me? And, you know, you go through that why, and I'm sure I did that. I'm positive I did that when I got let go of Penn State as well. And, I thought I tell that story because you know, a year after I got stabbed, I finally started to go, "Okay, I think I know the playbook of adversity and challenge, and um, I think I know how to get out of this, and I think I have the routine, and, and 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 so anyway, I have that in my back pocket. That's that's why I share that story with you. So now I get I get let go, and I think, well, I have the playbook, right? I got it. I got it. I, you know, this is more mental and the stabbing's more physical. And, you know, what did I do then? You can't prepare for it. It Mm -hmm. didn't matter. But when I was 31, Mm -hmm. I mean, it helped a little bit. But in the end, I was confused. I was dazed. I was scared. I was angry. I was bitter. I didn't know where I was going to go, what, what the next move was. I have a wife. I have four children. Um, every negative emotion you can possibly think of, I went through it uh, after that that day. Because you're, you're like, all right, something's going on here. It, something doesn't feel right. And this is at Penn State now. And then next thing you know, bam, it happens. You're still just not as ready as you can possibly be. Um and so that's that's kind of what happened to me during that that phase of you got you got fired, and then you're like this. And, and Joe, you and I have talked about this. You know, you're labeled. You're now people are judging you, hmm. and now you you kind of like start to mind read. I wonder what they're saying about me when you're in, in mixed company or, or you're out there and about. And um, it, it was. It was one of the. It was the greatest challenge of my life um, to be in that situation and really uncertain of, of where I was going to go next uh, as as a man, as a father, as a leader for a career, as a husband. Um, really dark, some real, real dark days, and uh, again, I, I'm just so blessed that I was able to come out of it.
4: So, I mean, I have, I have many questions at this point. Um, I think what's interesting is when you talk about preparation, we all think, you know, in your role, you're preparing for a national title, right? In what we do, we're preparing to be the best. Mm -hmm. How do you prepare for what you are now facing in that moment, right? Where you don't know what the future looks like. How did, how did in a weird way, like how did you being a coach, being able to, uh, you know, coach these, these players through their difficulties. How did, was it, was there a moment in time where you like looked in the mirror and you said, look, I've done this for other people. Now I need to do it for myself.
1: Practice what you preach. Hmm. Some guys go through shooting slumps. Some guys have lost parents or loved ones. Some guys have broken relationships. So, some guys, you know, had a tough, very tough family upbringing and, and you have to help and and shape them and guide them and now you have to practice what you preach so for for me it it was hard to be able to look to look myself in the mirror it was full of shame i was embarrassed and and i i you know and what did i really in the end i look back and go but i know who i was i know my foundation i know my character i know what my integrity was and my intent was all about but it, it didn't matter it didn't matter so, so for me, you rely on your your faith. If if I had a playbook right now, it would be faith number one, and I'm an incredibly faithful man. Daily mass, adoration, rosaries, hmm. confession, hope that. Uh, my parents did a great job of raising me in a, in a Catholic family, so that was number one. And, and then number two was listening to positive music, uplifting music. Uh, number three was my wife, these my kids. Maybe that's we should flip that two and three.
3: Um,
2: (laughs) I was gonna say that's a good move. move. You're
3: not a country music (laughs) fan, are you? No country music, right? Because that's the most depressing garbage I've ever done. (laughs) So
1: uh, I think love is is incredibly powerful, right, Mm. guys? I mean, it's the most powerful thing that we have on this planet. So I think love was critical. So, wife, Mm. children, my extended family, and friends. Uh, exercise, walking, it all mattered. And then I, I knew that I had to get out. I knew I couldn't hide. And if I kept hiding, I would never end up where I was. So that's when we all get together, Novus Global. And it really, I was in a, I was in a kind of a gray area. Like, where am I going? What am I doing? Where am I headed? And, and we, thanks to you guys, we kind of
2: cleared
1: that up. We got on the right track.
2: Because I was going to say that gray area is is where we started to do some of the work. And I remember using the analogy with you because you were very uncertain about whether or not there was a possibility for you to coach again.
4: Have you signed up to be part of the Beyond High Performance Network? Membership is free and grants you early access to chapters from our new book, Beyond High Performance, what great coaches know about how the best get better which comes out this summer. As a member of our exclusive community, you'll also receive an invitation to a monthly webinar where you'll get practical leadership tips and tools from our executive coaches at Novus Global and their elite clients. Join us each month for an in-depth conversation as we pull back the curtain on our coaching practices and share what we're learning about how the best get better. You can discover more when you sign up at novus.global forward slash book to begin receiving these helpful resources today.
2: Um, and you know, I still remember that conversation very clearly. Where you were like, "Well, maybe I join you guys as a coach," um, and you also said, "Maybe there's real estate." And when that came out of your mouth, I was like, "Oh yeah, he's bullshitting." I, I know definitely he does not want yeah. <laughs> to be a real estate agent. <laughs> um, well, and, did then, you,
1: and and I he's around on a, on a Sunday afternoon,
2: <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> And, and I remember the skittishness that I, I kind of heard in your voice and, and the analogy I used was, you know, when a player gets hurt, you can see usually their first game back from the injury, they're very reluctant. Hesitant. They're very hesitant. They don't play at 100 They, they because they don't want to get hurt again. Yeah. And um, I remember when I communicated that to you, you were just like, yeah, that's, that's basically where I'm at.
1: I remember that conversation very, very well. Um, the indecision, uh, the uncertainty, um, you, you know, you're just trying to grab on something that makes sense. Cause you want to provide. And you know, when, when I, when, even when I said it and you called me out on it, I, I needed that I, at that time, I needed tough love.
2: Mm. I needed
1: direction. I needed someone. And, and again, I believe God put us together for a reason. Yeah. She, I was, Died to 20. I was doing really well um, and I was just about to you know hopefully figure some things out. I just couldn't finish. I couldn't get into the end zone. And, and that conversation was like, I, I think you said um, you know, it, it was fear, Definitely a ton of fear of being afraid, like you said about the injury. Like you're, you're afraid to give, give it your all. You're afraid to go all out. And I was I was that. But it, it came down to, is it going to outweigh? If you go back or try to be a coach, is it going to outweigh the negatives? Or will it outweigh what happened in the past? If you remember that, Joe.
2: And I think that's because to go back to what Matt was saying is, I think there comes a certain point for all of us where we cannot do the thing that we provide for others. For you as a coach, it was like, I can help other people in their time of need. And sometimes we we don't have whatever it is to be the coach for ourselves. We,
3: we, we, uh, yeah, we use the analogy. I think there's two surgeons have done surgery on themselves, like actual, like one guy was in Antarctica. He had to take out his own appendix.
4: I love that. You know this.
3: I know it's crazy. (laughs) Uh, One guy was in Antarctica. He he was a Russian surgeon and he took his own appendix out and, you know, they asked him afterwards, like, what was that like? He's like, don't ever do it. Like, it's like, (laughs) you know, there's this need to, like, we need each other. We need others in a, especially in a conversation when we're dealing with thoughts in our head, because left alone, you know, we just believe it. We just right. believe what we're saying to ourselves. And Pat, I remember initially talking to you and then Johan was talking to you. And I remember thinking like, oh, this guy, he still wants to do what he did, but, um, he believes it's impossible. So he's not even willing to admit that to himself. Um, uh, or maybe, maybe that was the thought I had. I don't know if that's actually true, but then hearing about, and, and kind of the broader point, this whole idea of, of slowing down and asking for help or getting out of our heads in the conversation. Like as a coach, you do that every day for your players. Like every, I'm sure that yep. those are constant conversations with your players, but how often do we think like, how often do I think I don't need it? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just, it's an easy trap to fall into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You're a hundred percent correct.
1: And, and, and again, I know Joe knows this. I, I did, I, I did not think I would ever coach again. Yeah. I thought it was dead end. I thought it was over. The destruction was done. Totally canceled. Didn't have any prayer of becoming a coach ever again. And as I was out, before we got together, I convinced myself of it. Wow. So those times, right, when we're, you yeah. know, the automatic thinking, the run around in our head constantly, I had convinced myself that I had no shot at ever becoming a coach again. Fortunately, um, you know, we I got a couple breaks and, and we we get together and it's like that workbook that we we use uh, with Novus Global. You know, it helped me change my beliefs. It helped me change my my perspective and my mindset. And and if I it, I'm telling you, if I didn't do that, I I'm not sure. I might be in
3: real estate right now. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, <laughs> Pat, were there people when you started um back onto the dream that you had once realized and then wanted to realize again when you started pursuing coaching yet were there people who thought you were nuts? Like were there like were there people in your family or like people were, like are you serious? Like you just you're canceled. Like that means you can't, you can't resurrect. You can't come back from the dead. Like was was there any of that going on when you decided to jump back in? It's such a good question.
1: Um, and there was more than I'll say anywhere from six to eight people that said, you're done search firm people, agents. Wow. Basically said you're dead. Don't even try it. Don't even go back. You're, you're gone. You're a goner. Huh? Uh, and they didn't, they weren't real kind about it either. They were <laughs> almost, were like, dude, you're done. I yeah. mean, I don't even know why. Oh. And, uh, that was piercing, uh, for sure.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and again, it's so defeating when you know who you are and somebody saying that to you and, and it's just, it's crushing. So,
4: so I have a question, Pat. Um, I'm in the world of sport, obviously I, I represent baseball players and, One of the things as doing a little bit of research on you that I admired so much was uh, when you stepped down from Penn State, you said, quote, I'm taking a step back to prepare myself for the next 20 years. And what was so uh, interesting for me to read, again, being in this world, when something like that happens, and I'm not drawing parallels to what you went through to anybody else who dealt with being canceled. But when something like that happens, I think everybody's initial reaction is like, okay, how do I make this as uh, clean as possible? How can this not be messy and lead me down a more difficult road? And it was like immediately, not that you were taking accountability, but you said, look, I need to do some self-reflection. I need to take some time and figure out what I, what I need to be doing. And then when you then get the job with, with Gulf Coast, you say, you get introduced and you said, you spent the, the past 18 months continuing to grow and edge and educate and self-reflect. In this world that we're all in, no one ever takes accountability. And and just those two quotes, while they sound a little, you know, simple and not hard to understand, you immediately just in those two sentences basically said, Look, I had to do the hard work. Right? Mm. And I wonder if do you feel like you almost had to convince yourself when you stepped down? that coaching isn't on the table so that you almost allowed yourself to truly dive into doing the most difficult work of your career, right? If you would have, if you would have known coaching was potentially on the table down the road, would you have gone down a different path of like, all right, let me just make this look as easy as possible so that I can get myself to another position instead of I'm taking coaching out of this. I'm going to do some self-reflection. And if it's right for me, if it's in my story, I'm going to take advantage of it down the road. But I can't even think about that right now.
0: What if one call could change what you once thought was impossible into a reality? Novus Global is offering you an exploration call with one of their world class coaches to explore what you as a leader and your team are capable of. Novus Global is an elite executive coaching firm that works with multi billion dollar companies, professional athletes, nonprofit leaders, in faith and faith in government, all to create teams, companies, and communities that go beyond high performance. Book your call right now. Just go to novis.global forward slash now.
4: There was yeah. a question in there somewhere. Yeah. But I don't, I don't.
3: <laughs> I'm curious, Pat, as this journey, you know, being someone at the highest levels of college collegiate sport and continuing that journey on, like what are your thoughts on how sport needs to evolve or the culture of sport needs to change? Um, do you agree with me? Do you disagree? It's—it's it's, Either is great. Like, I just want to hear your thoughts on that
1: yeah, it's a lot to unpack. Um, I, I just wish people to just know that there are good people, they're good coaches. We all I think I believe we all have the right intent. Would you agree with that? I, I think we all have the right intent. We all want to get our players better. We all want to get our staff better. We all want to grow. We all want to learn from our
3: mistakes. And I'm wondering Pat like because you're speaking of something that I've thought a lot about. It's like a lot of athletes torment themselves because they need to be perfect. Like I need to be perfect. They think they need yeah, they think they need to be perfect. I need to be perfect, I need to execute with perfection. And that like it's almost like the culture is having that conversation. Like, you need to be perfect. If you're not perfect, you're out. Right. Versus, no, what if failure is a part of growth and we're more addicted to growth than we are perfection? Like that's the that's the thing mm-hmm. that's Which right. is,
2: It's such a flawed. That's the thing, is there's no athlete on earth that has a spotless record, like professionally. I don't know if you, you've seen mine. It's, <laughs> it's, well, everybody yeah. takes L's, right? And that's the thing is, if you're a, if you're an athlete, the way that you take L's really matters. Yeah. So what type of internal work do you do to show up for the L in a professional way, in a humble way, an empowered way, in a way that changed everything for the next game so that you can get the W?
3: And do we give people an opportunity to play the next game, right? Like, like you, Pat, have the opportunity. You're in the next game. Even though you believed at one point, there's no other game. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to play anymore, um, which isn't true. And I think that's an interesting, like highlighted point that hasn't been true here.
4: No, we're I, like, look, we're in an interesting place in society though, because I think at the highest level, these athletes are gonna fail mm-hmm. to get to the top. Yeah, and if we as people don't have grace for the failure, like at some point, these players are gonna burn out. Right? Suicide well, rates will go up, like, I, not to get morbid, but I mean, the, the well, stresses. And
3: even more so, not well, just grace for failure, sorry, Pat, just, uh, not just grace for failure, but failure is a part of the growth. Right. It's, it's not part- like it's not like we got to put up with it. It's, it's a like, part of the game. It's a part of the game. <laughs> Pat, what did you want to say? It, it's absolutely, look,
1: I'll take it from a, a few, let me give you a few perspectives here. One, I teach my kids, I don't want you to be perfect. I just, make good choices, you know right from wrong. I don't want you to be perfect. You go on social media. Everybody tries to be perfect. They show the perfect family, the perfect vacation, the perfect home, the perfect life, all the smiles, like every Twitter, Instagram, whatever, everybody's perfect. Facebook, everybody's perfect, right? Everybody's so happy. And then I'll go one step further. Jay Wright, the, the, the best coach, maybe the face of college basketball. He's, Burned out. He's so burned out of trying to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's suffocating. It really is. It's suffocating. And how do we respond
3: to this stuff? And one thing, Pat, and I, I'm sure Johan and you have talked about this, and Matt and we've talked about this too, but I like think one of the, the reasons we're having this conversation, the reason Joe and I do what we do, and why we're friends with Matt and why we're, we're connected to you is this idea of creating. That conversation in every corner of sport we can. Um, not only because, you know, when you're in a game, the way you relate to being behind, ahead, all that stuff, like the, the transformation that's required for performance, but that's not just a tool that applies to performance on the court or on the ice or on the pitch. Like it it applies to your life. And I just want to, Pat, like your your story, and it's and and we'll we'll have an intro and we'll explain like the story a little bit more, but to see you. Go from uh, and this is what nine months? <laughs> it's not, is it less?
2: Yeah. What? Well,
3: well, when we got together was about nine, right, Joe? Right. Like nine months from, and that's not a lot of time. No, to it's go not. from from I uh, I think I'm done. I think I think I'm gonna go sell houses and drive you know a car and drive people around and give up on something that you love. And um, I'm just so it's just so fun to sit around this table and talk about the fact that you're still doing the thing that you loved. And and actually I would probably suggest better in ways that you didn't even realize you could be better as a result of, of going through something so challenging and difficult.
1: Yeah. Again, I I go back to one of the mantras Joe and I put together, or he really gave to me is the best is yet to come. And, And I felt like I was like, you know what? It is the best yet to come. I felt like when I beat Michigan State at Michigan State, I thought that was
2: pretty good. (laughs) That
3: was the
1: best, yeah. (laughs) When I beat Michigan at Michigan, I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> and then I, I realized maybe there's just a different avenue to the, the the vision or the goal that I have. This was a quick roadblock to teach me a few things about self-reflection, growth and, you know, figure it out a little bit more or change your leadership style, get to know the kids a little bit better, a little history. But I feel like I do believe in, in my heart that the best is yet to come.
2: Yeah. And, and there's new challenges ahead. There's gonna be all kinds of ups and downs. And Pat, you know, um, I can say with confidence that uh there's something inside of you that will be ready for those moments. So um I'm really grateful for you spending time with us today, yeah. being a part of our our conversation. Uh you're one of my favorite human beings on earth.
1: I appreciate you guys. I Thank wanna you know
2: much- I want to know when this
4: movie's coming out. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna write it. First off, I'm gonna write he it. had a movie. Before he got to the, I got stabbed in the neck. <laughs> right,
2: exactly. <laughs> like,
4: like that's just one. That's yeah, a, there's that's a trilogy. That's the, yeah. what it is. There's a trilogy. That's the appetizer <laughs> to the meal, and I. I
2: that's that's Philly Like. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <what it laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! People are killing it like
3: Thanks for joining us for a Novus Global Sport episode on the Beyond High Performance channel. Our producer for this show was Ivan Lasarde. Sound engineering by Eugene Lafleu. Technical production by K.F. Chacon, edited and mixed by Yvonne Lasardi.
0: All right, we have a few more things to let you know about before you go. First, podcast reviews really help us serve more people. So if this podcast is helpful for you, we'd love your help to get it into the hands of as many leaders as possible. Please leave us a review, even if it's not five stars. And if you really wanna go the extra mile, let us know what you'd like to hear about more of or what you think we could do better to serve you and the people that you care about. We drop new episodes every week, so subscribe and watch us continue to learn to create resources that serve you powerfully. Speaking of resources, we have a lot online and they're all free we have free assessments educational videos articles from sources like fast company written by our coaches and clients all designed to help you use our tools in your everyday life and leadership to dive into the free treasure trove of goodies we have for you go to novus.global and then click on resources some of you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet taken that next step to hire a coach this is your time I can't tell you how often I've heard from hundreds of clients around the world that they wish they would have talked to us sooner if you have a sense that you're capable of more, we would be thrilled to explore what coaching could do for you and those you influence. To start that journey, simply email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. You also might be listening to this and maybe you want to be a coach or maybe you already are a coach and you want to build a six or seven figure practice coaching people you love in a way that brings life to you and your clients. Well, that's why we created the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. It is an in-depth coaching apprenticeship designed to help you create the coaching practice of your dreams. The first step in exploring that is simple. Just go to www.mp.institute. That's www.mp as in performance.institute. And we have free assessments to help you see what kind of training you'd need to create a meta-performing coaching practice the way our coaches do at Novus Global. Head on over today. Thank you so much for listening. We love making these for you. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.